This episode is powered by Tom DeLeo Day Financial Planning Services. On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. When you're around it 24-7 with your family and you that's all you hear, it's hard. It's hard to like say like this is not normal or whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, because I'm considered high functioning in my uh, in my mental state. Um, it's what's considered, hard- excuse me, what's considered your high functioning? High functioning means that I'm able to go through everyday life. Um, I have my resources that I need. I have medication. I have doctors that can help me. Um, I'm able to make coherent sentences. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. And speaking of different countries, you know, I'm going to add this as a segment to my podcast, as well as the live. I want to give some shout outs. You know, I've been looking on the analytics of the podcast. You know, we're global now. So before we go global, let me give a a shout out. I'm going to just pick a random state because I don't know anyone. We're going to say California. So anybody in California, you've been listening to me hard. So I want to give a shout out to people in Sacramento, Fairfield, Brentwood, Redlands, uh, Moreno Valley, Los Angeles, Stockton. Uh, oh my God, the list keeps going. Let's see. 
uh, Downey. And we're going to go global. I'm going to pick somebody in, um, let's see. So, how about Nigeria? I want to give a shout out to anybody who's listening in Lagos and River State. So each week, I'm just going to give some shout outs to different countries and different states because you all have been rocking hard with black girls getting their shift together. And, you know, I cannot do this podcast without you all. Oh, let's see. Someone in New Zealand. Uh, hello in Auckland and Otago. Whoever you are, thank you for your support. I really do appreciate you. All right. We're going to get right into this segment. All right. I'm going to bring my beautiful, colorful, wonderful guest out. When you meet Tony, I swear to God, she's just, I don't know. She's very um energetic to me. That's the best word, best word I can think of. So I'm going to bring my beautiful guest out of the waiting room. Hi. I'm very excited to be here. Ah, you're so beautiful. Thank you, Tony. How are you doing, sis? Uh, I'm doing good. It's where I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so it's like gotten very cold very quickly. So, we're trying to figure out where to put all of the plants. We have about 32 plants um, that are outside and they need to be brought inside. And we have definitely overestimated the space in our house. So that's how we've been right now. I didn't know you were a plant mom. Yes. Deeply into plants. I got into plants heavily when I got into therapy because it's helped me just kind of normalize or just kind of manage what I go through on a daily basis. So I'm very, I, I love all of my plants. They all have names and the ones that don't have names are the ones that I'm still attached to. I just can't think of a name for you right now. Oh my God. Okay. This wasn't part of the segment, but I'm glad you mentioned it. What does, so I started being a plant mom during quarantine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about plants, nothing. And I started and I have a beautiful balcony. Go- oh, you see my spider plant behind yes. me. Beautiful. Thank you. But what does uh, planting uh, seeds and flowers and vegetables? What does that do for you? For your therapy. For me, honestly, it helps me kind of clear my mind. It helps me focus on growing something and giving something life. I know it may sound a little weird, but it honestly helps me feel like I can take care of something and like really just like nurture it a little bit. So it's kind of like I'm nurturing my mind a little bit. So like, I really enjoy when I get a fresh new plant, I repot it. And I enjoy seeing all of its little babies, I say good morning to them. You know, I touch them a little bit. And I I don't know, it just gives me some type of relief to know like, okay, they made it another day, I can make it another day. I love it. I love it. I started doing some shadow work and my coach, he said the same thing, touch, you know, touch the plants. Mm-hmm. And it does give me a purpose to, like you said, make sure I'm taking care of something. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel, oh, when they're drought and they're just hanging, looking live, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me give you some water. Exactly. Like when they start to droop, I'm like, oh no, what have I done? Don't overwater. Just 
see what's going on. Don't overdo anything. Just see what's going on. Listen to it, you know, just like really pay attention. But, oh, man, when they start to droop, my heart sets into panic mode. Yeah. Gosh, no. (laughs) That sounds just like me. Thanks for sharing that. I, I had no idea you were a plant mom, mm-hmm. but uh, already you're getting a hello from Erica. She's with Dope Discussions with Erica podcast. Hello. How are you? Thanks yeah. for joining. And anyone who's listening, when you come in, make sure and drop your light bulb emojis because we're going to get some enlightenment today. All right. Let's get right into this. You know, you have two black girls on this podcast one is getting her shift together and the other one is black and bipolar yeah that's a combination (laughs) i really enjoy the name of your company your brand getting your shift together when i first saw it i read it too quickly and i was like "Woo." Okay, getting your SIHT. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But then I was like, oh, shift, getting your shift together. Got it. But no, I love it because it's like everything is transitional and moving into like the new season, moving into progression. I absolutely love the name of your brand. Thank you. You know, I always tell everybody the genesis of it. You know, I was living kind of reckless and I had to get my shit together. So that's when the shift came. I had to. I wasn't living right. So I'm on a better path. But I like what you said about the movement. It is always transitional with the shift. Never Mm -hmm. the healing never stops. Never stops. You can always grow and you can always learn something. As I've started learning since I've been in therapy for what is this going on the second year consistently now? So, Congratulations. I love yeah, it. I've been doing that and on medication now. So it was just my medication anniversary. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. So we're going to touch on the medications a little further down, but can we go back a little bit? Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell me what was childhood like for Tony? Well, little Tony, (laughs) little Tony. Um, So, I mean, it was a pretty standard kid home. I had both of my parents, um, my stepdad, my mom. uh, I had all of my my grandparents around me. But I did grow up in a traditional black Christian family um, where therapy wasn't talked about, mental illness wasn't talked about. Um, So that was actually not a part of my life of knowing any of that. Um, I had a lot of friends. I was very social. Um, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, but I'm here. I made it. But um, yeah, that was pretty much my childhood growing up. You know, I was very outside outdoors a lot because we didn't really have money for anything like consoles or anything like that so we were growing up a lot um on welfare and then fortunately my parents were able to get jobs and then we got off of welfare and we moved to columbus from toledo and it was you know a big change so but that was all before high school what kind of change was it that you're talking about 
changed with just like, you know, new friends, new city, new uh, family members that you've never seen before, but they're family because they're telling you they're family. Right. Um, I'm still not in the world of like mental health at all. To be clear, my family never talked about mental health at all. It was always church, pray about it, you know, let's keep let's keep it in the family. If there's something is happening in the in in the tight family, we're going to keep it in the family. We're not going to tell the whole world. So when I started the podcast, you can only imagine how my family <laughs> felt about me kind of just dishing out all of my personal business to the world. Um, but as I've told them many times, you know, this isn't just for me, you know, it is therapeutic to talk about what I go through, but it also helps people know that, you know, there are other people who are going out, going this route, and there are different paths that we all can take. And sometimes it feels a little bit lonely when you have to do it yourself and you feel like nobody else is going through it. So that's one of the main reasons why I started, because when I did first discover that, you know, I, I was hearing um, psychosis and I was hearing hallucinations um, with voices and whatnot, it was very scary to go through it. Um, even though I told my best friend uh, in middle in high school, it was still very scary to go through that. And I couldn't lean on my family like I wanted to. Oh, my God. That's traumatic in itself right there. Yeah. So for those just dropping in, tonight's topic is Black and Bipolar. And Tony has been diagnosed with Bipolar Type 2. It's Bipolar, bipolar Type 2 with um, auditory psychosis. Right. So can we go back? What was that conversation like when you told your friend in high school that you were hearing voices? And was that the first time? How old were you when you started that? So I was uh, 15 and it was just one voice at the time. Um, so I heard this voice and I heard it so very clear to the point where I was having a panic attack in my room. Um, the next day I went to go tell my best friend um, and she was like, okay, so should we monitor this and everything? She's 15, I'm 15, we really don't know what's going on. And I couldn't tell anybody else because I felt like if I told my family, it would just be the same thing. You know, like pray about it, you know, maybe this is a demon just trying to get the best out of you. And and I just didn't feel like hearing that. I didn't feel like being judged. I was scared to know like what was going to go on. At this time, I had also seen The Exorcist. So I didn't want whatever happened seeing that. I didn't want that to happen to me. And if it did, I didn't want to know about it. So at this point, um, instead of going the mental health route, because I didn't know about mental health and illnesses at a great death, I did go the Christian route or the religious route of thinking, okay, maybe this is actually a demon inside of me, mm. like talking to me because I'm 15. My whole life has been around faith. It's been around religion and um, specifically Christianity. And not knowing which way to turn to, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is actually something demonic. Maybe this is a demon. So I got heavily into the church at that time. So I was 15, 
then 16, and then uh, 17 is when my second voice appeared. And I was convinced that I wasn't doing something right as a Christian Mm. to the point where I just started kind of accepting it and saying like, you know what, I'm not doing well as a Christian. So I just have to live with it and go with it. Oh my God. You see how we put these on ourselves. Uh, If I can read this next comment and it's a segue to what you just said, Hi, blind guy and his wife. Um, she said, not having family to lean on is tough. And then on top of that, you're a teenager. Our brains are not fully developed. That is, that's traumatic. It's also frustrating because, you know, the people that are a part of your life on a daily basis, you want to lean on them. But then when you're too scared to lean on people that you trust because you don't want that type of judgment or that outcast, you, you're you hesitant. And the way that growing up, the way that the um, church was in my family, it's very judgmental on things that are out of the norm. Um, so, you know, someone has something going on mentally, you're not going to be taken serious, even outside of the church. You know, we don't talk about that at family reunions. We don't talk about any of the family members that are having problems. We don't talk about them. We kind of just keep them out of light and let's focus on these ribs, this potato salad. Let's focus on that. We're a family. We're all happy. Let's not look this way where, you know, this person is having all of those issues. And I didn't want to be in that category. I wanted to be in the delusional. I'm happy. I'm fine. Just deal with it. Mm. You know, I find that happens in the black community a lot where, like you said, we ignore and it's, if we knew it was a problem, mm-hmm. obviously it is. If we want to put that family member away in that room in the back or and just ignore it. And that's not the best thing to do, because, again, we like to we love sweeping issues under the rug. And I feel like I've lived a parallel life with you because my family's probably listening now, but we are big on pray. Pray about it. Pray about it. You use something you're doing. It isn't right. Pray about it. How mm-hmm. many Bible studies can you go to? Exactly. Yeah. And then when you feel like you're not getting better, you start blaming yourself. I mean, that's what I actually did. I started blaming myself for not getting better because now the voices have increased. There's two now. And I'm not praying hard enough. I'm not reading my Bible enough. You know, I started really looking at myself. I'm like, well, if I can't do this, maybe, maybe I just, I just have to live my life the way I want to at this point. And that's when I started going into my really rebellion phase because it was just, if I can't get it right as a Christian, then Mm -hmm. just keep going the way I've been going then. Can we put a pin in that mm-hmm. with the rebellion? But going back a little further, were there any other signs other than the voices? There's a two-part question to that. Yeah. Um, so there was the signs of that. I would get irritated really quickly. Um, and the irritation would not be, one, it was teen angst, and it was also a part of my bipolar but I would get irritated on little things. Um, I couldn't focus in class. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be hard to really uh, take criticism from teachers. 
Um, the rejection that I felt was on a whole different level. I felt like when a teacher told me that I, you know, I got like a C or a B or anything like that, I felt like the weight just crushing my insides. It felt like I was just so heavy. Like it felt like everything I did was just for nothing. I went to the absolute worst scenario ever. Like if I got a low score, I would think like, you know, this is why I'm not going to graduate college. This is why I'm not going to pass this class. Um, So I would go into that world when I would sit with my thoughts and they would just spin me around. Um, If I didn't um, get accepted into like an, a society or honor society or something like that. Um, I felt like, you know, I was worthless and mm. I was going through depression. And at the time I didn't know it was a depression because I didn't know anything about mental health. They don't teach that. And in Columbus public schools, they don't teach that. They, they haven't taught it. They didn't teach it when I was there. They could have changed their curriculum, but I would go into depression to the point where I wouldn't talk to my friends. I would just be on the computer playing with computer people. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly I would play with um, this is game called the Sims. So like you create these little people that you can oh, yeah. do whatever you want with them. But I noticed that as I got older and I'm like, like reliving things that I've done and I'm like, man, that was a lot of projection. Because my little Sim character would have a perfect life. Like she was normal. She got good grades. She went and did her job and everything like that. But for me, I was like, man, I really want that life where she's just like normal. She has a whole family. So it was just all projection at that point. And my depression just took me there and it wouldn't let go of me. Mm, it wouldn't. I mean, when we have ruminating thoughts, that will keep us in a downward spiral uh, you know, it's hard to, well, at least for me, it was, it was hard to get out of it. It's literally like trying to pull yourself up on this pole and there's a bunch of grease on it. Yeah, just a bunch of oil. You just keep sliding down. Oh, it's so discouraging. So discouraging. So back to the rebellion part. How did that look? Um, rebellion, rebellion was pretty much just it was always in our in our family or in black families, it's talking back, even though it's just like an opinion that you have as a person or you're having a conversation with an adult, it's always viewed as talking back. So when you when you talk back, you know, you get penalized. So, you know, you get spanked, you get whooped and everything like that. And like for me, it was like, well, I shouldn't have done this. If I wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have deserved this. If um For me, it was uh, when I worked on campus in high school, like for credits or whatnot, you know, I would go to these parties that I wasn't supposed to be at Mm -hmm. and just kind of like doing dangerous things. Like I went out and I went walking around at night and like and I literally said to myself, you know, whatever happens, happens. And this was me at 17 years old. And like thinking like if I get kidnapped, I guess it's better than going back home and dealing with whatever's going on in my brain. And that's probably that was probably the worst feeling that I had because I would rather something bad happen to me than going back and sitting with my thoughts. So that was the more rebellious phase, mm. just not being safe. Mm. Were you telling your friend your who you were confiding in? 
my best uh, Brianna, uh, I was not telling her the bad things. I only told her the good things. So yeah. when I would go through my depressive stages, I closed myself off to my friends. I did not talk to them for anything. They only saw me when I had my very manic stages, when I was very happy. I was upbeat. I had so much confidence. Like they never saw me in like a in a bad mood. Brianna's mm-hmm. in a bad mood sometimes because she was always at my house, like literally always at my house. Um, we pretty much grew up together. So every time she saw me in a bad mood, you know, she knew something was off and we both knew something was off. We just didn't know what it was. Mm, that is a lot to deal with as a young person. Yeah. Oh my God. So Tony, I just dropped the link to your link tree. So anyone listening, definitely, again, drop your emojis. But also you can click on the link I just dropped. And that's all of Tony's information. And it's also in the show description, show notes as well. And she has a podcast, but we'll talk about that at the end. (laughs) So were there any signs other than what you already experienced that you know now but you didn't know then um the other biggest sign was probably the depression and how um was probably just the depression in the manic stage mm-hmm. um those were the biggest signs that i had that i just didn't know what to do with that information sleeping for days at a time um just not wanting to do anything just really moody like i mean For me, it was mostly because of the voices. Like, it was just irritating to hear them constantly being negative and constantly talking down to me. Mm. Constantly with the noises in the background and just, it was just a constant two people in my ear. So that's a lot where the moodiness came from at nighttime, being woken up by these voices, thinking that there's someone in the room when really it's just me was one of those things where, you know, I was just so tired, like all the time, like, and just to kind of hold this in and everything was just killing me. May I ask you questions about your voices? You mm-hmm. can say no or not. It just I'm so used to talking about them at this point. It's okay. Like... Well, I definitely want to be respectful. That's why. So are they male or female voices? Are so they young or old, black or white? Asian? Like, you know what? So they are definitely uh, masculine presenting. <clears throat> One has a very, um, I guess, and I do talk about this in my podcast. Um, one has a very um, more bass, I guess, if you want to say. And one has a more higher but masculine kind of voice. Um, hmm. It's really hard to describe if they're white or black because it's distorted. It's distorted and it What kinda- do you mean Distorted. So, like, I guess if you were to go underwater and try to talk, it would be kind of in that distortion. Um, When it is on a really bad day, I can hear them clearly. um, And it makes it hard for me to communicate with people in my face. Um, What what do you mean? Because you have the voices in your head and you're paying attention to the voices as well as whoever's in front of you? 
Exactly. Oh, wow. So, um, for example, as I like to describe it to everyone, actually, my psychiatrist described it to me so that way I could describe it to other people without saying, oh, no, it sounds like this and it sounds like this. So if you're in a bar and you have two people sitting to right and left and they're both talking to you about two different topics and then you're trying to talk to the bartender and tell you and tell them exactly what you want you're going to pick up something from either the left or the right side and you're going to accidentally say it out loud. Oh. So it is in that sense, very frustrating, especially going through college, uh, through high school. And it's just very frustrating when you're in class. That's why it was so hard for me to pay attention during class. It was hard for me to focus. It was, yes. it was hard. Like, it was hard to do anything. So that's why I kind of went more into the trade instead of academia, because it was really hard for me to focus. Now, when I'm busy, like I did sports, um, volleyball, softball, basketball. When I did sports, it was easy for me to focus because I'm focused so much on a pinpoint. There's a ball. There's a goal. There's teammates. I got to do that. There's a play. It made it so much easier to go through that. This is why I do little things around the house, like routine. I have to go say hi to the plants. I got to go touch the plants. I got to make sure that I make the coffee in the morning. It's routine that keeps me kind of grounded. Um, now I do archery. So archery helps me with pinpointing. And if it gets too loud, then I focus on my my archery at that point. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you did art. You're so everything. You're so creative. <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. I got to get my shift together. I know that's right, girl. I know. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so question, is it the same voice? In the, so you said the one with the deeper voice. Do the voices interchange whether it's the same time on the right ear or they switch sometimes they never switch but they do localize um so localization means that so if i am let's say oh for example i had surgery on my tonsils i got my tonsils removed bless up because honestly tonsils are terrible when you get sick but i had my tonsils removed and they gave me some um oxycodone and I took some just like to help with the pain, mm -hmm. but it made me hallucinate and it made my, it just scrambled everything. So from there, they started localizing around the room. So instead of being next to me on my shoulders, they were over by the TV. They were over by the door. They would move around and bounce around the room to the point where I was having panic attacks Melissa, thank goodness, has done the research. We have talked about it. We've um, went to like different things where we can kind of help control them. Mm -hmm. So helping me understand what is reality, what is not reality, because at that time I was hallucinating and I was dissociating from what was real and what is not real mm -hmm. um, because it was frightening. So um, we had that episode and we were able to calm down. So then we stuck to Tylenol because clearly that wasn't the move. So we learn from these things and experience and because they're still learning so much about the brain, it's hard to like trust when doctors are like, oh, take this medicine, this should help or take this medicine, this should help. But mm -hmm. then, I mean, psychiatrists are very honest. Well, my psychiatrist was very honest 
they don't know what helps, you know? This is all like a guessing game. It's a trial and error because everybody's brain works differently. Everybody experiences psychosis differently. It could be visual hallucinations. Um, it could be tics. You know, there's, really? so, there's so many different things that you can experience. Wow. Now, do the voices talk to each other? No. No, they talk to me. No, but a lot of times when I am being successful in something and I see that, you know, I'm growing in something and I'm like really being successful, for example, like the podcast, it started taking off, which was great. Um, but then they started saying uh, they started saying things that were similar to each other. You know, I got this is going to fail or I got, you know, um money, you know, sometimes this side just repeats the same thing over and over, which it could be money, failure, it could mm. literally be anything negative. Um, where this side, I get maybe one, two words, maybe a sentence. Um, but the main focus is negativity. So whereas I hear the voice in my head, it's my own voice, yada, and you know, everybody can tell their own voice in their head. The only difference is, is that when I did my um, scan on my brain, when they started talking, they can see that my brain is active in hearing like actual voices. So they started to spark up. Really? That part was the scary part because I was like, well, maybe I'm just a little part of you just kind of sits and is like, well, maybe I'm just making it up. But then when the doctor shows you things, you're like, oh, well, Maybe not then, <laughs> you know, like, well, shit, now it is actually real. <laughs> this is so interesting. But wow. this is actually very common for people with bipolar. Um, so a lot of people, like when I say with psychosis, I want people to know that this is actually very common with bipolar. A lot of people suffer this. Um, a lot of people who went through traumatic experiences also suffer it as well. Um, so like pe uh, people with BPD, um, borderline personality disorder, mm -hmm. they also go through these type of things as well. Whereas there is tra uh, trauma base, whereas bipolar is genetic base. Um, so that was my next question. Oh, was sorry. No, I just, when you said that, I was like, oh, I need to ask you that. <laughs> I didn't know how it started. Was it genetics or now I'm learning it could be trauma based. Wow. Well, BPD, um, so borderline personality disorder, it's a lot times gets confused with um, bipolar disorder. Right. Um, sometimes they do interchange a little bit. Some people do get misdiagnosed a lot because remember, we're still learning so much about the brain um, that um, borderline personality disorder, as I have saw and people have told me like uh, doctors, it's trauma based. Whereas borderline is more genetics, as they've been seen in the research and everything. So genetically, I have no idea who has bipolar at this time. But let's keep, it, let's keep it real, because, you know, Black folks, we're not going to. If we even knew our our parents and parents, parents and aunts, uncles, because no one's going to say anything. No, nobody's going to say anything. Like I said, when as soon as I started my podcast, I just got a lot of, why are you talking about this to strangers? This is this is not what we do. We don't do this in this family. <laughs> Girl. So, so I was like, well, it's already started. <laughs> it's too yeah. late to turn back. I got that phone call too. 
Oh, but you know what? I'm glad we did not stop. I'm glad that we have blind guy and his wife. They have not stopped. I don't know if they had family members call uh, dope discussions with Erica. We just need to keep doing it because you just never know. Like you said, other people are probably going through and have no idea that you're not the only person. Mm -hmm. So may I read a, a comment from speaking of blind guy and his wife? She has a question for you. She said, wow. So are these voices her inner thoughts or are they external influences? What I'm asking, if I may, is that are the thoughts the source of her own insecurities or what people have said or imposed? That's a great question. It is. And I get that. I get that a lot, actually. Um, If it's thoughts and thought process, it is not thoughts. Um, So it's actually like voices are sitting next to me um, from what I hear. So if blind guy and his wife, if you guys are sitting next to each other and you guys start talking in each other's ear, it's that versus my thoughts where I know I'm thinking about something and, you know, I have my own insecurities. I have my own thoughts that are definitely imposed by outside influences. Like, do I want a double cheeseburger or do I want a Big Mac today? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but, um, but for that, like, I, I know it's, it's hard to kind of get people to wrap their mind around it. Unfortunately, the only example that I ever have to give because I'm always so grateful that I do have the resources and the type of support that I do is when I see like a uh, veteran on the street and you see them talking to themselves and they're responding to something. Right. Um, for myself, I've actually had that experience where I started responding to the voices and it's a scary experience because, you know, they're not there, but it feels like they're right there in front of you. So um, unfortunately, I I do see them on the street and I know what they're going through. Wow. Because it, it affects me a lot because, you know, when I was younger, I would see people like that and be like, oh, my God, you know, and I would say, you know, they're crazy and everything like that. Like, I'm glad that's not me. But, you know, recently after I had my biggest episode back in 2020, I started responding to these voices because it was so much and they, what they were saying. And I was yelling at them to the point where my partner had to calm me down. We were going to call the um, hospitals for people to come and get me. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I was able to calm down. We were able to get my medication to start working. So when you say you get yourself, I know the medication helps, but what do you do yourself to help calm it down when you had that episode? Um, At that time, I didn't do anything to help calm myself down. I had no tools to work with. Um, It was a really bad experience. I had nothing to work with. I mean, I was screaming and kicking. I mean, I definitely could have hurt Melissa if I didn't, if they weren't, you know, able to contain me. Um, I could have hurt myself, um, right. but I, I had no tools to actually help me during that time. Um, now, if I have an episode, I do have tools that help me. Um, deep breathing really helps mm-hmm. me counting in my head um, and then moving it out loud. Uh, counting in Spanish helps me. Um, anything, I've started learning Spanish. One 
actually I speak Spanish, um, one to be able to communicate with my partner, but also it helps me with concentrating on something that's not their voices. So it makes for more low days than high days with their volume. Oh, so I get it. So when you are learning Spanish, it's equivalent to when you were playing soccer because you were pinpoint focused. Exactly. Yes. Volleyball definitely helped me (laughs) with getting past a lot of this. Wow. Okay. So what made you, uh, what made you want to go seek help, get some therapy and how old were you? Um, so it was 2020. So I was 28. Um, I wanted to seek therapy because I was tired of the cycle. Um, I had really come out of some really bad relationships with people. And I know they used me for the, when I was in a manic stage, they, and I love to spend money when I was in a manic stage because it kept that high going. It kept that rush going. So when that was happening. They took advantage of that and they really wanted to be around me. But when I was going through my depressive stage, I was all alone. It felt like when I was back in high school and I would just kind of like cry myself to sleep because there was nobody else around me. So when I got into my, um, when I got into my actual uh, relationship with Melissa, you know, I saw that, you know, they really did care about me and they really wanted to be around me and they wanted to know more about me. And let me say like the last relationship before Melissa, I was with that person for seven years and it didn't, and I always felt like I was alone. Like I always felt like I couldn't really be myself. I never told them about the bipolar. I never told them about the voices. You mm. know, I hinted at it. I, you know, I kind of like started like slowly trying to develop that into our relationship, but it never took. So I just kept it to myself. Um, but with Melissa, it was great because like they noticed something was off. They asked me and I told them I was very scared because I was like, well, I don't know how this is going to go. You know, we've only been dating for like three months. Like, how are you going to handle that? You know, I also hear additional voices besides just like talking to you. So um, from there, I was like, you know, I really like this relationship. I really like the person I am when I'm around them. And I want to expand on that. So I want to stop this cycle of the up and down and the the constantly trying to seek this high. It was like an addiction. Like I was, like I said in one of my episodes, it was it was a really bad addiction that I could never really achieve because it's like, oh, what can I do next? What can I do next? I mean, I opened up an entire business out in Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I opened I was up- about to say, but you're in Ohio. Like <laughs> I opened up an entire business on a manic high. I put all of my savings into it. I emptied out all of my 401k and I just went out there and opened and had no idea. And then when my high went down, it went down badly. That was the first time I was institutionalized because I had attempted on my own self. So it was, it, it was definitely a journey. And that wasn't, an, and I was 26 at the time, and that wasn't even enough for me to actually seek help. It was not, you said. Mm-mm. 
So what was it that, uh, well, first of all, how long do the manic episodes usually last? So for people with bipolar type two, they can be in short bursts. They can be in, um, they can be extended into months, but people with bi uh, bipolar one, they last for a very long time. But people with bipolar two, they have more depressive stages than they do with um, actual manic stages. So the fact that I was riding a high for about two months was, um, as the doctor had said at the time, she just said, you know, like sometimes our our brain, it just balances on one side for a very long time. And then it goes right back to the other side. So, I mean, after that two month period of being in that manic stage, I was in probably a depressive stage for about six months. It was, it was really bad. I didn't find work because I didn't want to work. I just wanted to waste away at that time. I was just so tired. That, that is exhausting. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting. <laughs> yes. It, oh, my God. Well, before we go on, anyone listening, even on the replay, I have dropped a link. Let me do that. And this link is, here we go. If you'd love to buy me a coffee for my next podcast, you know, to support the creative efforts that I solely put in with all my heart and soul, <laughs> I dropped the link. So if you want to buy your girl some coffee, you know, to keep my throat kind of quenched, I would love for you to buy me some coffee. Now, moving forward. We need I to send you some, um, some Puerto Rican coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We greatly drink. We drink Puerto Rican coffee nonstop in this house. It's cafecito in the morning, cafecito at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would be up all night. I'm very caffeine sensitive. Oh yeah, no, then no, <laughs> not this coffee. Then you would be up. So I stick to rum. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do to keep your day going. <laughs> Stick to rum. But in this case, you all can purchase a coffee for me instead. I'll take that. I may need to change it to you can buy me some rum. I'm gonna <laughs> do that next time <laughs> when I have a sex therapist on or something. I'm going to do that. You should. <laughs> so we have another great comment from Blind Guy and his wife. She says that she's seen people responding to an unseen voice. I had to pray about it upbringing too and they were just negatively judging the people quote unquote full of spirits now that I understand better I see differently yeah that is normally the responses that I normally would get um it's more of like a spiritual thing which is why I did blame myself so many times uh during high school. And when I was 17, I just gave up with just blaming myself spiritually. I That's when I had to just move on and try to live the best life that I could at that time. Yeah, um, that wasn't your cross to bear, but you don't know if you don't know. Yeah. And when you're around it 24 seven with your family and you, that's all you hear, it's hard. It's hard to like say like, this is not normal or whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, because I'm considered high functioning in my uh, in my mental state. Um, what's considered? Excuse me. What's considered your high functioning? 
high functioning means that I'm able to go through everyday life. Um, I have my resources that I need. I have medication. I have doctors that can help me. Um, I'm able to make coherent sentences. I'm able to uh, basically function with minimum support um, or minimum drawbacks. So for people who are kind of low functioning, medium functioning, um, it just means that they're unable to move on from the voices. They cannot stop the reality, the unreality and the reality from crossing together. So they can't see like, okay, these voices aren't real. The people in front of you are real type of deal. Mm, so can, is it transient? Meaning can you go from low to medium high or backwards, forward, or is it usually, if you're usually high functioning, you pretty much stay in that space? You know, I am not a medical professional, so I am not 100% sure how that works as from low functioning to medial functioning. I just know for myself, I am considered high functioning because I am able to know the difference of these voices and the people in front of me. Um, So I'm sorry. I just... I, I don't have the right answer for that. And I wouldn't, I don't want to pretend like I do. And I appreciate that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to read another comment from the beautiful, sugary, velvetly voiced Patrice Garner. <laughs> Her voice is amazing. Well, now She's, I want to hear it. Well, you know what? Description. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that you can tell Patrice right now. Can you do that for mm-hmm. me? Repeat after me. Hey, Patrice. Hey, Patrice. This is Ursula. This is Ursula. Please respond to the link that I sent you. Please respond to the link I sent you. <laughs> because she's going to be a guest on this show. That's why. Got it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> but to say that <laughs> she is going to be a guest in an upcoming episode and you can hear her voice then. The way she talks is just... It's truly like a warm velvet blanket. It's amazing. I can't wait. (laughs) But she said, Patrice said, to your beautiful queen guest, and as I'm reading this, I'm saying it with her voice in my head. That's funny. She said, welcome and thank you for sharing your story with us with a beautiful black heart. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be on this. I always love sharing my story to raise some type of awareness. You know, it's not easy, you know, to see people out there and to know that, you know, we can try to help just by understanding a little bit more with compassion definitely helps 100%. Mm-hmm. God bless you. We, You know, I appreciate you also sharing your story. Did you know this? So Axum Tagaro, thank you for your comment. She said, Jocelyn Hernandez is bipolar too. Oh, I just lost Tony. Uh, well, maybe she lost connection, but Axum, I did not know that, that Jocelyn was bipolar at all, but I'm going to look that up. That's interesting. Oh, and Patrice, you did respond. You said, I will see you soon, beautiful. <laughs> oh, you can't set up your guests to say questionable messages. I don't know what that means, but okay. 
Okay, and then blind guy and his wife expound on that that prior comment. And she said, speaking of relationships, does her family realize her mental issues as genuinely mental rather than that? Some sex spirit, quote unquote, I'm speaking from having grown up strict. Oh, God, strict Pentecostal holiness. We're going to speak on that. And Tony is back. That is a great comment. And I'm going to read it again for Tony. Hey, love. I don't know what happened. I was just sitting here. I didn't even touch anything. (laughs) No worries. You are back. We have a great question from Blind Guy and his wife or a statement. She said, speaking of relationships, does her family realize her medical issues as genuinely mental rather than some quote-unquote same-sex spirit. I'm speaking from having grown up in a strict Pentecostal holiness. Uh, my men- my family does know I have a men- that I do have mental uh, illness, not issues, um, that I do manage mental illness. Um, so um, generally mental rather than same-sex spiritual. So they actually never said anything about same-sex uh, spirituality mm-hmm. because like they didn't know for a very long time. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that never was that never came up into question or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's it. But yeah, um, it is mental uh, illness, not issues um, because we can't really control what we have and everything. Um, but yeah, no, nothing like that. But yeah, my family understands. They know. I mean, I've seen, I've shown them doctor's reports and everything like that. At that point, they do, they do what they want to with that information. I can't really tell anybody to believe me or whatnot. It is what it is at that point. And I have to do what's best for me at the end of the day. I know it. you better say that again <laughs> truly is the that is self-care at its best you know our family members can say what they want or think but ultimately it's what we do with it um we have another comment from patrice she said bobby brown suffers with bipolar disorder and so did phyllis hyman i think i do remember that about phyllis hyman do you know who phyllis hyman is no Oh, okay. She's a singer. Okay, sorry. From back, yeah. Yeah, I'm showing my age now. But- <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. No, but I'm not, I am honestly not good with celebrity names at all because I will call them by the character I saw them in something. Like, I see this person say Cookie from Empire. I know exactly who that is. I I know her name. I see it, but I can't say it. So, Sorry. I can tell you, she is going to be, I have claimed, her name is Taraji Henson. Is yes, she? Yes. yes. And she also is a mental health advocate. I have mm-hmm. claimed her to be a guest on this podcast. Yes. She would be an excellent guest. Yes. But right now you're my excellent guest. Thank you. <laughs> a few more questions. We're going to wrap it up. Um, Let's talk about medication. When your your psychiatrist had suggested that, how did you feel about that? 
Um, offended was the first part. I was really offended because I was like, no, there's absolutely no way. Kind of like blind guy and his wife. Um, I was saying like, you know, there's absolutely no way. I come from a Christian family. I believe in the spirit. I believe in, you know, I'm saved. I was baptized. You know, like there's absolutely no way that I need medication because in my family, when you take medication, you haven't done enough praying. So when he, that person, when she said that I needed medication and like what it was for, I no, I honestly at that point was like, no, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'm absolutely not taking medication. I was scared. I was angry. And then um, when I did finally take medication in 2020, um, I was very scared. I was very nervous. Of course, I had more information. I was diagnosed and everything. Mm-hmm. And I had more information about medication out there. But I was nervous because like everything that the problem is with like the medical field, they never believe black women when they say that there is an issue. Mm-hmm. So I was worried that she was just giving me the first medication, like at the top of her brain without knowing anything. So it was scary. So my partner is a uh, white Latinx and it was, it was like, they were advocating for me. Like, no, this is what Antoinette's going through. This is how she feels. This is what happens when um, she goes through an episode. Like she had to advocate for me because the, the doctor at the time wanted to put me, hospitalize me because I was having like a breakdown and she wanted to just put me in the hospital and that was it. And Melissa had to say, absolutely not. That's unnecessary. You know, this is what's going on. This is what needs to happen. So Melissa told the doctor to leave the room while we calmed down because she was not listening to me. And it was frustrating because it's like, I couldn't articulate the words that I wanted to say because I was having a breakdown, Mm -hmm. but I knew what was happening enough to know that I was not being heard. So my partner had to step up and take control of the whole situation. Otherwise I could have just been hospitalized by myself. Right. And then, I mean, you, you're hospitalized. Okay. But that doesn't, I hate to say fix. It doesn't help anything. Yeah. It doesn't help. Right. It's, it's It's terrible because it's like to get medication, my medication alone costs $1,500 a month. So to excuse me, can you repeat that again? I said my medication costs fifteen hundred dollars a month. God damn. Yeah, and it costs that much money just for me to be stable. And when you see people on the street talking to themselves, and they may not be low functioning at all, they just may need the right medicine. That's it. That could just honestly be it. Medication. You know, depression doesn't just help, doesn't just come out of, you know, being like in a low state. It also is financial stability. It's medical help. It is food stability. You know, there are different things what cause depression. People think it's because of drugs. It's because of, you know, um, drinking or anything like that. But it's not. I don't drink. I don't smoke. But I still get depressed. And, you know, I... I'm a very calm person. I'm a very, I'm a very in tune with my own self person. 
Mm-hmm. But I still get depressed. I still have episodes. But the only thing that separates me from somebody who's walking around talking to themselves is that I have medication. And not saying that medication is the end all be all, but I have resources. I have doctors that can help me. I have that type of support system. So when people say like things like, you know, like the people when people give money to people on the street and they're like, oh, they're only going to use it for drugs or, you know, drinking or whatnot. But if you don't understand what they're going through, who are you to say what they should get? You know, I guess it just frustrates me to know that because it's able, it's really ableist thinking at that time because you're able to make the conscious decision, you know, what you spend your money on. Right. Who are at a disadvantage, they're not 100% able to make their own decisions because. I had a partner who advocated for me when I was going through a breakdown. If I was by myself, there's absolutely no way I would have been able to articulate what they were saying because I wasn't in a clear thinking state. So for people to say like, oh, if they just got a job or if they just did this, not everybody is high functioning with their mental illness. Mm hmm. So that's what I like to really talk about in my podcast and also describing my journey. But it's also to raise that awareness as well, because a lot of people don't understand that or they don't really think about it. Right. And yeah, I've been guilty of that. And I love the perspective that you put on it. And that's what this is about. It's learning, learning different perspectives. We're all learning. (laughs) Yeah. Going back to the, do you, you don't have to, but I watched one of your videos on your Instagram and you were talking how this doctor was completely insensitive and you had just come back from that doctor's appointment. Hmm. When I say I watched that entire video, I was livid. Yeah. (laughs) I was so mad for you because some doctors, you're right, Black women, we do not feel, yeah. we don't hurt, we don't, we're just shells of humans. And that was, oh, that story was so touching. I was so mad. <laughs> Thank you. I, that was a really bad day. That was a really bad day um, for ev- like everybody in this house. <laughs> it was a really bad day because, um, that was one of my yelling back at the voices day because, you know, they were just kind of egging him on. And as it got worse, the pain. Wait, the voices were egging the doctors on? Mm-hmm. They were just like confirming what he was saying. It was just like, yeah, no, yeah, that's not you. You're making this up. They, he doesn't believe you. You're not doing what you need to be doing. You know, it was just egging everything was happening. My body was just so hot. I felt numb. And then I felt like this was all just a waste of time. And I felt stupid. You know, I felt stupid. I'm like, why? I felt like, you know, maybe I don't deserve help or something in that. Yeah. I didn't feel like I deserved help at that point. Cause you know, like I made it this far in my life, you know, why am I asking for help right now? But it's like everybody needs help. Like we're humans. Like we all depend on each other. Like, yeah. I mean, like we're supposed to have relationships with people. Like, not just uh, like intimacy, but like platonic. You know, we're supposed to have coworkers to talk to them. We're supposed to have these friendships. So you know, it 
it's a it's a lot. Mm. May I read a comment from Blind Guy and his wife? She said, Tony is inspiring. Yes, she is. And before I read the rest of this comment, you all, I know it's not just me that's feeling the inspiration from this sister. Please drop those light bulb emojis. I challenge you right now. So Blind Guy and his wife said, she's inspiring. Thank you, Tony, for sharing and for educating. Yes, with that light bulb. Please accept my questions as non-judgmental. I'm embracing this information, sending love, light, and healing thoughts to Tony. Oh, no. I don't take anything as judgment. I'm so sorry. The way I respond to things is, is sometimes really intense. But no, I do not take any of this as judgmental as well. <laughs> I'm able to, to understand when someone is saying one thing to be rude and saying one thing to just know information. Right, right. But you know what? She also sends light and love and healing thoughts. So you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Terry's journey. Hi, Terry's journey. You seem like a new person I haven't seen on. I'm going to need you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Terry's journey said, I have a son who's incarcerated because of his bipolar, you know, and of course we all know he isn't getting any help in there. Mm -hmm. Does anyone know how I can get him transferred? transferred to a place that I could help him, please. You know who has a really good system for, oh, actually, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I do not know of any resources, but I am so glad you do. So I'm going to pass the mic on to you, sis. Um, a place that can actually help you with that, um, and not because I've had any experience with it, but um, I would say they it's called uh, beam.org, www.b, like in boy, e like an Edward, a like an apple, m like in Mary.org. They have an excellent amount of resources. Um, Excuse me, is there any way you can type it in the notes or do you want me to do it? Yeah, so I don't have like a little comment box. So I've just been like sitting oh. chilling. So no worries. Can you repeat it again? I want to put that in right now for, for yeah. Terry's journey. It's called uh beam dot uh, dot org. B-E-A-M mm -hmm. dot org. Uh-huh. And then you can also try the NAMI Health, which is uh N-A-M-I dot it's either org or dot com. I think it's .org, but I'll put NAMI. Uh, Terry, you can, here we go. Terry, you can Google NAMI. I just got an email from them today, as a matter of fact. So Terry said she is new. Yeah, Terry, subscribe to that channel and definitely look up. She lives in PG County. So NAMI is all over the world. They are international. Mm -hmm. Um, and Terry beam.org. I know they work in the States. I do like the United States. I do not know their reach, but if they did have a reach, they will have the resources that you're looking for. That's amazing. See, this is why we do these podcasts. I never heard of beam. I've definitely heard of NAMI, but this is what it's about helping others. Yes. Um, um 
what she says she's legally blind. Is there is there a way that you are you listening to the? Do I need to spell it out again? So Terry, yeah, um, let's do that. So Terry, it's beam b e a m dot org, and then the next organization is NAMI, and it's just uh, an acronym. Got the name of, but it's N A M I. And like Tony said, it's everywhere. So all you have to do is just put that in the search engine and you will put in your state. That much I do know. Because mm-hmm. our NAMI is off of North Druid Hills here in Atlanta. <laughs> and Blind Guy said, thanks for dropping the links in the chat. Yes, ma'am. All right. A um, few more questions before we wrap it up. Um well, not a question, more of a comment. Back to the stigma mm. of any mental illness. This is another reason why I also became a mental health advocate because, you know, you hear people say crazy. It doesn't matter if it's bipolar, depression, schizophrenia. It comes from a place in my motivation for having this show is that we can use this to destigmatize any negative connotations that come with mental illness. You never know what someone goes through. And also mental illness doesn't have a look. I mean, you're talking to someone, right? Or you're seeing two beautiful black women. One has been diagnosed with bipolar and another one myself been diagnosed with depression. It doesn't have a look. Mm -hmm. And each one help one. (laughs) It is. I do like that you said that it doesn't have a look because um, with what's going on with me, I am considered disabled. I do have a disability. So what the standards are for disabilities and having that paperwork. um, But if I was to get a placard that said handicap or anything, because it would qualify for disability, mm-hmm. you know, and me as an able-bodied person would be seen as lazy because I would be parking in a certain area. But when I go to the grocery stores, I get really overwhelmed. So now I have noise canceling headphones with music that helps me focus when I'm doing grocery shopping or if I'm in a big crowd. So is it the auditory overload Mm -hmm. or it's a sensory overload? So one with the pandemic and being that paranoia of getting sick and then being worried that I'm not getting all the groceries that I need and then financially worried, even though I know I have enough money for the groceries. Mm -hmm. It's something that they constantly harp on Um, being when I'm parked closer to the door. It helps me know, Okay, I can see my car. I know I can run back to the car if I need a second to breathe. But because I don't want to deal with that stigma and I don't want to deal with the looks, I still park out of that area and I just park like in a normal parking spot and I just deal with it because I don't want to deal with any of those looks. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have to hide their their actual illness so that way they can just be accepted into what's norm or norm. Wow. As if that's not enough to compound of what's going on. Uh, Patrice said that 
She is also a mental health advocate as well. I lost two friends and a relative to suicide. I suffer from depression as well myself. The stigma of Blacks and mental health needs to be addressed more by us. Absolutely. I think if you guys follow those, um, beam.org has a um, Instagram they really do speak about um, the Black community with mental illness. Um, Black Girls Therapy is a great source um, as well, where they help people find therapists, mostly in the Black community, looking for Black psychiatrists, therapists. That's actually where I found my psychiatrist and therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's there's great resources out there. Um, and just before we wrap up, just to let you guys know, if you guys see my link, you'll be able to find um, all of these things. If you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you'll be able to see all of these things that I'm talking about. I do have a podcast that I do yes. monthly, and I talk about my journey. I talk about different aspects of my life. Um, right now, the new episode that is coming out in the next 12 hours is um, black, being Black and Bipolar and resting. Um, so we're going to talk about how I try to rest, how I fail at resting, and all of those great things. Uh, my website's right here. Um, that's just in the link. And definitely look at those things. Look at the merch. The merch helps me buy. Um, when you guys buy merch, that goes straight to my uh, medication <laughs> because as I say again, my medication is $1,500 a month. And as great as a realtor as I am, it doesn't always work that way monthly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yes, I did drop the link. And I, I love that you said that, you know, it, it adds up. It adds <laughs> up. We're trying to keep. <laughs> oh, she said. So Patrice wanted to know the difference between bipolar and depression. Oh, there is no difference. Bipolar and depression go hand in hand. So they're peanut Um, butter and jelly? Like peanut butter and jelly. If you have, when you have bipolar, you are going to suffer through depression. It is a, it's known as the depressive state. That's it. Um, Because you have your highs. Like I said, bipolar one, you experience a lot more highs, a lot more that euphoric kind of feeling where you're just like, confident beyond all measures you know you're going through life bubbly and awesome and then you have your low days where you know it's the crash it's like a sugar rush you know you have that great feeling and then you have the crash um with bipolar type 2 you have the crash a lot more than the sugar rush Mm. patrice said i don't have the high mood swings though with depression or with bipolar? So, Patrice, if you can answer that. And while we wait on Patrice's response, blind guy and his wife said, well, I'll just be honest. I part close to the store even when my husband. Oh, that's right. Because her husband is blind. Like, for mm-hmm. real. That's why the name of the podcast. Makes sense. <laughs> uh-huh. I part close to the store even when my husband isn't with me because I'm lazy sometimes. Shh, don't tell anyone. And I do make sure that there are other spots. Yes, you can. I honestly, I love it. When you're, I love, I, I love having lazy days, truly. 
I honestly do. And I won't tell anybody, but I absolutely love having lazy days. I mean, I'm literally in sweats and long socks right now having this podcast. I'm super comfy right now. I mean, there is no other way. Um, For the answer for Patrice, so she just has depression. So you can have depression without being bipolar. Yes. You you don't need to be depressed and have bipolar. When you have bipolar, you go through bipolar, uh, through the bipolar phases of having the highs and the lows in the pattern. Mm-hmm. And wow, all these comments are coming in right, right as we wrap up. That shows you how amazing you are, Tony. Melissa <laughs> ne- Nevis. Nevis. She be a, a, oh, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> just click. She said you can have depression without bipolar, but not the other way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you definitely can. They have chronic depression. Um, you have diagnosis for chronic depression. But again, guys, I am not a licensed medical in any type of field. This is all just based off experience. So I would definitely recommend talking to an actual professional to get that information. But based off of the information that I just know based on myself, you can't have depression without bipolar. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. And I love what you said. Um, She said, good vibes. I know that's right. Good vibes. Yes, Melissa. Team Melissa. But yes, this podcast is for information purposes only. For sure, if you have questions, please see a, a trained professional. And... Patrice said to Melissa, yes, that's what my doctor said also. Thanks. See? And (laughs) this is what it's about. Each one sharing. So, um, yes, I dropped everything. So your link so people can get in touch with you. Do you have any parting words, Tony? No, I mean, well, yes, I guess I do. Um, I just want to thank you guys for welcoming me. Thank you for listening to my story. I mean, if you follow me on the podcast, I tell it so often. (laughs) So um, thank you so much. If my family is listening, I still love you guys. Just please. (laughs) I know I'll hear it at the next cookout. Um, But, you know, I love doing what I do. I love talking about, you know, my experience you know, I was very scared to put all this out on the podcast. So when it started, when people started reaching out and saying like, oh my God, I go through this too. Oh my God, like this is, this is me. Like, you know, like it really like was reassuring and it helped quiet those voices that told me no, that gonna listen, everybody's judging, you know, and the, the sounds, it really helped lower that day. And it just, it feels so amazing to know that, you know, people are listening and people are learning and I love it. I love it. And I love you. You're so, I love everything about you. Oh, thank you, sis. (laughs) Thank you. Oh man. Yeah. Tony and I, you know, when I reached out to her, I found her on Instagram. So talk about manifestation. I said, you know what? I want to find someone that looks like me who has gone through some kind of mental or going through some kind of mental illness so people can see. And I swear, I it took me not even five minutes and boom, black and bipolar came up on Instagram. Let me see what this sister's talking about. 
So yeah, I binged on your Instagram page and I slid up in those DMs so quick. And, I'm, and so when you replied, I was like, ah, I'm so happy. <laughs> so we talked briefly for a little while and I felt an instant connection. She was so easy to talk to. So I was extremely excited about this episode because I already knew what she's coming with. And then, you know, her podcast is like, this is, this is what she does. So it, it's so funny that you say you were excited when you, when I responded, because every time I get someone who wants to work with me, I do like a dance around Melissa and I get so excited. So <laughs> I get completely nerd out. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, people want to work with me. Melissa, if you're still listening, I want you to rate the dancing on a scale of one to ten. Ten being the best, like dancing with the stars, or put one meaning um. No, it's definitely a ten. I don't even want to see it because our relationship's in a good spot. So she's definitely gonna say a twenty. Are you kidding me? So blind guy and his wife said, "Enjoyed you both." Keep growing, ladies. And Patrice also said, I say, I just say people like us are special, but don't treat me like I'm going to break because we're pretty strong as well. Yep. I, I agree. Oh, Melissa rated you <laughs> as an 11. See? <laughs> Only because we're alive. <laughs> we're going to keep it at 11. We'll keep this, it at 11. This is the person who's in the next room. So, yeah. <laughs> Smart woman, Melissa. So my parting words are, I am leaving extremely inspired listening to you and I've learned so much. I specifically did not want to ask you any of these questions. I wanted to learn along with everyone else tonight. And I I got a lot of information. So yeah, thank you so much. Oh, and you know, oh, Tony, you know what? You're black and you're bipolar, but you're also a black girl that has her shift together. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I was like, where is this going? Oh, God. (laughs) You got it going on, sis. Everyone, good night. I will see you next week. Make sure you like, comment, share this video. If something resonated with you, put some light bulb emojis or go on my social media, Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together, and put your thoughts and tag tag Tony and I. Tony is Black and Bipolar. You already know me. And just let us know what you think and let us know um, how you enjoyed it. You all, good night. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Have a good night. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means, and being with self-esteem, beauty supreme, and booty walk so mean, the way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens, dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka, redesign your spot and redefine your mantra, retwist your locks and realign your chakras, doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh, 
Kardashian with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown. You guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body. Drink your water. Meditate. Sun kiss goddess. Heavenly order. Levitate. Tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic. Melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish. Whether you bougie or savage. You a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. 2020 has proved that we must be prepared for the unexpected, which is why you should contact an Edward Jones financial advisor like Tom DeLeo Day. Contact him at 770-466-0031 to schedule an appointment. Tell him Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together sent you.